Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 85, The Doctrine of Christ. Tis the season for celebrating Christmas and for also getting sick. And I am sick today, but I have my wassail here to help my sore throat. So I hope it's not painful to listen to me today. I have this homemade wassail from my ministering sister. She's awesome. Anyways, we're at the end of Nephi's writings. What more does he have to say? Can you imagine him? All the experiences that he went through. The growth from his youth during the time he was leaving Jerusalem. And he had had a great desire to know the mysteries of God. And so he chose to cry into the Lord. And the Lord did visit him. And the Lord softened his heart. And Nephi believed all the words that had been spoken by his father. And because of this experience... Nephi did not rebel against his father like his brothers. And you take that all the way to chapter 31 in 2 Nephi, where he is making an end to his prophesying to a people who now lives on the other side of the world, far from where he began. And they have worked hard with their hands to build their comforts, and they have exercised faith, and they have exercised faith through hardship, believing that they will not be forsaken or forgotten. And Nephi is the prophet that teaches the word of God to the people and he leads them. He is the living witness of their history. And so what would he desire to reemphasize to them? What more could he leave behind to benefit his children in their struggle to remain faithful and to keep the goal of eternal life in mind? Nephi states that he knew that he must be concerning the doctrine of Christ. And he's going to do it plainly. Remember, he delights in plainness, and it is the manner that the Lord God works among the children of men. The doctrine of Christ is plain. It is free from frills and extra fluff. It's not open to interpretation, and it is simple. It's the kiss policy, which I have changed to Keep it simple, sister. The doctrine of Christ is faith, repentance, baptism by immersion, the gift of the Holy Ghost, and endure. The first principles and ordinance of the gospel. It is our article of faith number four. And that is what Nephi desires his people to cleave to. He knew that everything else that he had spoken of could be inserted into the simple doctrine of Christ. And so that's why we are blessed to have chapter 31 of 2 Nephi. And I believe the last words of prophets are beautiful. And this chapter is no exception. We still have chapter 32 and 33, but 31 is the final feast, if you will. The next two chapters will stem from chapter 31 with Nephi answering questions and then also giving us a farewell. What I love about chapter 31 
is that we have the doctrine of Christ laid out succinctly, but we also have the affirmation from God the Father and from Jesus Christ saying, yes, this is the way. It's beautiful. I hear many people in the church, innocently I believe, restate a philosophy of the world. And I admit I may be completely misunderstanding or misinterpreting the meaning when they say it because I believe it is said with good intention. They say there are many ways back to Christ. There aren't many ways back to Christ. His doctrine is clear about that. His example while here on earth witnessed of it. And Nephi in this chapter speaks plainly of it. Nephi reminds us of his grand vision he received way back in 1 Nephi chapter 11 when he sought to know the meaning of his father's vision, which we call the tree of life vision. And in that vision, Nephi was shown certain events of the Savior's life and ministry. And one of them was the Lord's baptism. He saw John the Baptist baptize Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost descended upon him as a dove. Nephi asks us if the Lamb of God, he being holy, should have need to be baptized by water to fulfill all righteousness. Oh, then how much more need have we being unholy to be baptized, yea, even by water. And just a side note, there is an exclamation point added at the end of this pronouncement. It isn't a question. It is a statement that we being unholy are all in need of baptism emphatically and stated with enthusiasm. And how did the Lord fulfill all righteousness in being baptized, Nephi asks. Because even Jesus, think about it, the creator of this world, the one who would sacrifice himself to atone for our sins, even Jesus submits himself to God the Father. He humbled himself before the Father. And this is the path of righteousness, that we submit to Father, that we humble ourselves to Father. Jesus elevates Father's will above His. Jesus submits to Father's wisdom. He takes direction from Father and He seeks Father's blessing. And Nephi teaches us that when Jesus submitted Himself to be baptized, someone who was holy perfect, and really not in need of remission of his sins, he then witnessed unto all of God's children that he, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, and the Redeemer of the world, would be obedient unto Father. Jesus witnessed unto all that he would keep Father's commandments. He wouldn't make up his own. He wouldn't adopt another path. He would follow Father. And I believe that is why, chronologically, Jesus is tempted by the devil so boldly. Remember in the wilderness after his baptism? Because of this public statement or this public stand that he took when he was baptized. The devil got the message. And so should we. And then the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove. It was God's gift to him. Jesus showed us that there is one way back to God the Father. Out of anyone that has ever dwelled here on this earth, 
it would have been Jesus, half a mortal, half a God, that would have found the other way if there was one. He showed us the straightness of the path and the narrowness of the gate by which we should enter. He set the example for us. This gate is the gate of repentance, baptism, receive the Holy Ghost, and endure. Now, what I love about this chapter is that Nephi shares with us either the conversation that he had with deity, or it was a part of his earlier vision that he just hadn't told us about earlier in 1 Nephi chapter 11. I'm not sure, but we have both God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ testifying of the truth of the doctrine of Christ. In verse 10, the Lord says, follow thou me. And where would we follow him to? Through the gate of his doctrine, repentance, baptism, receiving the Holy Ghost. And I paraphrase Nephi's question here. How can we follow Jesus unless we are also willing to keep the commandments of God, then we have God the Father saying, Repent ye, repent ye, and be baptized in the name of my beloved Son. We do not have very often in Scripture when it's God the Father speaking to man. And off the top of my head, it is often to assure us that Christ is the way. His beloved son is everything we believe he is. So it is touching to me that God the Father is inviting us, you and I, to repent. And he's inviting us to partake in an ordinance that his holy son participated in. That God would even permit me to enter into the same gate as Jesus Christ is overwhelmingly loving of him. And his invitation is open, non-condemning, and clear. He loves us. Then in verse 12, Jesus assures us that he that is baptized in his name, to him will the Father give the Holy Ghost, like unto me. Wherefore, follow me and do the things which ye have seen me do. The fact that Father would not withhold from me what he blessed Jesus with, the Holy Ghost, is evidence of his goodness and the sincerity of his desire to bring to pass the immortality and the eternal life of man. Isn't that cool? I will receive the same gift Jesus received the same help and power and protection. Nephi adds his witness of the incredible importance of receiving the Holy Ghost, that it is a baptism by fire, and that is when we will be able to speak with the tongue of angels. Next week, we'll spend a little more time pondering that amazingness. Again, Nephi hears the voice of the beloved son testifying that if you enter this gate, And receive the Holy Ghost, but then deny me, it would have been better for you that ye have not known me. For me, it is the voice of the Father in verse 15, though, that resonates in my heart. Yea, the words of my beloved are true and faithful. 
He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. So let's talk about this charge. Nephi in verse 17 reiterates to us that the reason he was shown this vision, this event in the life of Jesus, the reason why he has preserved the knowledge and probably why Nephi has chosen to revisit it again in case we had missed its importance, is so that we know that the gate that we should enter to return back to God, it is the gate of repentance and baptism by water. And after we have entered this gate, then comes a remission of our sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost, a member of the Godhead, is given to us to witness of the Father and the Son. A promise that both Father and the Son made that we would receive when we enter the gate. Nephi says the path to eternal life is narrow, and it is. The commandments and the standards of God are narrow, and they are plain to us. It's from here that the course that we all take down this path to eternal life is going to look different. My struggles are not your struggles. Your weaknesses may not be the weaknesses of others. What Father would have you learn and how you learn it will look different for each one of us who are all in a process of learning. We may have different stumbles, and what may affect me may not affect others in the same way. In this, our paths do look different, but the guidance on how to move down the narrow path is universal. Ye must press forward. So take a step towards him. With steadfastness in Christ, I believe the word steadfast, meaning immovable in Christ, is the less painful way to move along in life. That's my experience. And what should we carry in our hearts as we take this step or as we press forward? Having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God, and of all men. To me, this means holding on to the belief that it's going to get better and that it's all going to work out. And for those of you who are old enough, this was essentially the motto of President Gordon B. Hinckley. This motto twinkled in his eyes. It is making the conscious choice of what you are going to focus on and how you're going to view the circumstances you find yourself in. And I would just like to add, if this is a part in which you struggle with, Sister Scriptorian's coaching can help you make some significant strides in this area. It's incredible how learning to love God for who he truly is does brighten our hope lifts us in our confidence, it brightens our perspective, and it does increase our love for all men, including ourselves. And there's no risk to you, except time, to schedule a free mini session with me and see if I'm right for you, and I would be honored to help. Continuing on with verse 20, Nephi instructs us to press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end. Feasting upon the word of Christ will never be a disappointment to you. 
And I hope that in your studies, as you've committed with diligence to a consistent immersion in the scriptures, I hope you have found that the words of Christ are bubbling up in your thoughts and in your decisions and in your desires. I have really tried to show you that hours are not required in order to reap these blessings of edification, even focusing on a a few verses at a time, allowing them to marinate in your thoughts, can allow the words of Christ to enter your heart. And in that phrase, we also have the charge to endure to the end. And just a few words on this phrase. Endure can have a heavy feeling, can't it? I must endure. <laughs> heavy, not bright. There is an element of hope, but it doesn't sound appealing. Sign me up for enduring. (laughs) No doubt in life there are going to be circumstances that come your way. That the best that you can do is to endure. And endure means to not fail. To bear with patience and to tolerate. Even to allow. Come what may. But with the added counsel that preceded the charge to endure, we have the charge, remember, to press forward, be steadfast in Christ, have a perfect brightness of hope, a love of God, a love for all men, and we are to feast upon the words of Christ. What is our part once we have entered the gate? To endure is to continue in faith and obey. It is to repent so that you can receive forgiveness of your wrongs, so that you can have the Spirit to be with you. And the repetition of this cycle, the sincere use of what endure means, this will look different for everyone. Because what they're enduring and what lessons are in play for them is so personal and so sacred that thank goodness we've been given the charge to not judge others. There is one way to Christ, one gate we must enter. And once we do, our work is to keep repenting, to exercise our faith and to obey. The fabric we weave during this process may create different colors and images, but the pattern or the way is the same for each of us. Endure, faith, obey, repent, receive the Holy Ghost. And once the end is reached, whenever that may be, and once the end is reached, whenever that may be, it is Father who said, ye shall have eternal life. What a beautiful message for Nephi to leave his people. He has labored diligently to guide them and us to the gate. And now he is about to make an end to his prophesying He has even shown us what to do once we enter the gate. I am grateful for Nephi. I love him for the life he lived and the strides that he made to speak with the tongue of angels. He has taught us eternal truths, so many truths. I am also grateful for the dialogue that he captured of Father's teachings to us. They are, repent ye, repent ye, and be baptized in the name of my beloved Son. Yea, the words of my beloved Son are true and faithful. 
he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And also he said, ye shall have eternal life. I love the Book of Mormon. Sister Scriptorians, this week, endure. Ye must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the words of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. Make it a great day.